Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I'm honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 27 of season two of This Osteopathic Life. Today, we're talking about balance. And balance can have different meanings to different people. In recent times, the context of work-life balance comes up a lot and can be a heated topic, almost a space for debate and of challenge, of wondering if it even actually exists. And we'll look there, but I'd like to first step back, look at the broad idea around balance and see what are the possibilities there. How could we potentially reframe it, realign ourselves with it, experience it in a new way that might be more useful for us? As per usual, we'll look at some definitions and see where they might lead us. One is that balance is an even distribution of weight, enabling someone or something to remain upright and steady. This one is so interesting to me as oftentimes we can think about balance as the same or even like equal. But if we think about even distribution allowing something to stay upright, it might be that it's heavier on one side relative to the slope of the ground that it's on or thinking about how much weight there needs to be across the bottom of something in order to allow it to stand based on how tall it is. And thinking about the idea of distributing. Right? And so where is it that the weight, that the foundation, that the grounding, that the anchoring of something is placed in order to enable it to remain upright or steady? And if we think about that experience in our lives and how it might feel to be steady in our lives, where do we need things to be distributed? And that might be our activities. And so here we are already at that idea of work-life balance, personal, professional balance, home and away, different relationships. Where is the most effective distribution? Let's look at time, balance, and even distribution of time. Where and how do we decide what it looks like to have balance of the use of our time, the way we're spending our time, how we're investing our time? And how do we know when it's in the right space? How do we know when the distribution is appropriate? How does it feel to be steady when we look at allocation of our time responsibly, effectively, sustainably, noticing that 
we can have external constructs. We can have feedback. We can have ways to assess that. But really, it comes down to our sense of it. When do we declare that we feel steady, able to remain in a sustainable fashion by distributing the use of our time into different aspects of our lives more effectively? Think about our energy. It's another way to look at our investment. And what is the even distribution of our energy to allow us to remain steady in the experience of our lives? An alternative definition, a condition in which different elements are equal or in the correct proportions. And so when we first think of balance, we might think of all the same thing. And we looked at those different constructs in the previous examples, taking time and looking there at that redistribution for balance, taking energy and looking at it in the same way. How about when we look at different aspects and how their relationships become proportional to allow for balance within the system. And we looked at this actually in an early episode in season one, looking at ways to balance body, mind, and spirit and looking at the ways we could potentially invest in each of those, the invitation we have to treat them in a way that allows for better balance. And that might look at one-third, 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 or at different times in our lives, That ratio might switch depending on our needs, depending on our reserves, depending on our resources. And so what are the different aspects of our lives that we want to work in relation to one another to allow us to feel that sense of balance, remembering that the idea of balance really comes from our thoughts, right? So balanced can be a feeling, right? If you're saying, I feel balanced, That's the thought that you have, but the feeling is balanced. And what thoughts bring you there? Is it that I'm spending just the right amount of time at work and at home? That I'm present in parenting and my relationships and in my work? So noticing as you put those proportions together and engage them with one another, that can bring you to the feeling of balance because of how you're thinking about it. Another is to keep or put something in a steady position so that it does not fall. And this one, I love the visual for. And so you picture having something, say, on a high shelf. We don't want it to fall, right, for risk of damage. And picture placing, say, a picture frame in such a way in the corner of a shelf that it's supported Right, that there's even distribution of its weight on the shelf. There's an angle such that it's not going to tip forward. So we're achieving balance there to prevent it from falling. Thinking about that in the human form, how do you balance yourself? And we can even look at that initial definition as well, that even distribution of weight. Picture riding on a bus and standing, right? The seats are taken, we're standing, and how you distribute your weight, how you stand. Right? How you put yourself into a steady position so that you don't fall relative to the motion of the bus, the stopping function that can happen. And that's a way that you achieve balance. When we look at that one, and this is where I want to spend some time, is consider the dynamic state 
of being in balance that way. If we picture the frame on the shelf, that becomes more static, right? So it seems like, okay, once we find it, we're just there. And we know there's some things that could happen. Wind could come through, somebody could stomp on the floor, and that motion, that reverberation could offset the balance. But it still seems like a fixed point. When we think about standing on the bus and how we distribute our weight, we can see that that's an active experience. You don't just kind of stand there and that's it. You make adjustments, right? As the bus turns, you kind of lean to offset that. And so beginning to expand your awareness and relationship with balance as a dynamic state, as one that's ever-changing, where there are micro-adjustments happening to allow you to maintain that state and space of balance can be really important and demonstrates some of that fluidity of balance. And not that it's somewhere that you just reach and stay, right? You don't just get balanced and that's it, boom, I'm balanced. Thinking about the human form and some perhaps more challenging situations like the balance beam. In gymnastics fans, this one blows me away the most. You know, what is it, four inches wide? and it's off the ground, and they have to spin and twist and flip and land and trust themselves. And even when they're just standing still on the balance beam, gymnasts are making those constant micro-adjustments. Right? They're engaged with their body. They're engaged with the beam. They're engaged with the air around them. They don't just stand still and static, but there are these constant adjustments, even if it is just in thought. There's just constant movement and Maybe correction is a way to look at it, adaptation, engagement, intention, but it's active, right? There's no passivity in the balance in the lives involving living beings. The ability to move or to remain in a position without losing control or falling. And this again speaks to that active state, like the gymnasts, like us standing on the bus. Think about someone in a handstand or a yoga pose where they're elevated. And then we might look from far enough away and see, oh, they're just steady, right? It's one way of being. But there's this constant right, movement and adjustments and corrections to be able to hold in that state. And all the muscles are activated. The breath is engaged. So balance is not a stagnant, dormant, passive, fixed state of being. It involves constant adjustments and awareness and engagement. Taking a shift and thinking about a balance, the tool right, used to measure mass and done so by comparison. Right, so we put one object on one side, put another object on the other side and see which is heavier, by whether it lifts or lowers, seeing what the sum, you know, which combination of certain objects can equal the mass of another. And noticing there too, there's a lot of shifting that's happening. And once we do get to that even state where it's able to come to level, think about those micro adjustments as it works to reach that equilibrium. Or it's up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, settle, smaller, and then there. And similarly, it's still this dynamic engagement, right? And as soon as we remove even just one tiny piece from one side, it would drop, right? And so there's this relationship 
that's happening around balance and around that pivot point. And we talked about pivoting a lot in this season. Thinking about balance as a means of making a decision, getting information, right? taking in multiple sides of a story, working to get a broadened perspective that's maybe at once divergent and all-encompassing to allow for adequate clarity and effective decision-making to happen. Thinking about ways we engage with balance and what we want it to mean in our lives. Many times, as I look at these examples of definitions, it does talk about, like we saw before, with possibility and potential, the negative, right? And it's almost defining balance by being out of balance, losing balance and falling, trouble keeping balance, not able to eat a balanced diet. You know, so thinking about how we're using this to define our experience in our lives. And if we are using it to experience the negative, what it feels like when we're out of balance, to be able to then see how it feels to come into balance. And the idea of measuring mass can be a good visual example. So say you're on one end of that scale and you're sitting on the ground because if they're sitting on the opposing end, you're on the heavier side. And what are those things that can be added to balance out the heaviness that you're experiencing? And maybe this is a place where we can look at work-life balance and the ideas around self-care, which can also have its own connotations and challenges in the modern environment. But let's look at it in a meaningful way and say, there's you and you're feeling heavy right now on that one side of the scale. And often it can seem like adding things would just make you heavier. But what if you're not adding them to your side of the scale, but to the other? So what are those things that can help lift you up and make you light and bring you to this point of ease, evenness, equal distribution, knowing, right? That it's dynamic and that they might shift what those things are. But picture if you're putting on the opposite side, things like adequate sleep, and exercise, and nutrition, and see how placing them on there in a meaningful and thoughtful way can actually lift you up, right? It lifts you from that space of heaviness and descent. And we don't say grounded because we need to be grounded, right? There's an opportunity to be grounded, but in a kind of limited way where you're feeling repressed and confined, constrained. But if we start to add these to the other side, maybe it's time spent in self-reflection, time spent alone, time spent in community, time spent gaining control over your work environment. And see how actually adding those on the opposite side can counterbalance you and what it feels like to be in that space when it feels even and maybe easier and lighter. And perhaps another way to look at it is put yourself back on the ground and then maybe you add those people right, who bring you out of that heavy state. And it might be your family, it might be friends, it might be those colleagues at work that are true allies for you. 
and see how that connection can be there. Maybe we sweep those away and we add on practical measures. Maybe it's time management and a scribe at work and reformatting your schedule and seeing all the different ways that you can achieve balance by engaging in what can truly be self-care and getting the support that you need where you are right now. So that's one illustration where adding things is actually giving us a redistribution, right? And maybe we see it as well as taking it away from that weighted heaviness and seeing how when we engage with those items, elements, activities, people, tasks, possibilities in a different way, when we don't see them as adding to the weight on our side, but actually lifting us up and balancing us out and making us lighter and giving us perspective, right? We can't see much when we're at that ground level, but when we get lifted up, you know, to at least even with or maybe above the horizon, our view is so much greater. Our perspective is so much broader and the potential for what we can actually do and achieve and the ways we can be supported grows exponentially. Thinking about balance in the way of finances. You know, when balance can seem this impossible dream and goal, when you think about work life and the challenges we face, notice in finances or in accounting, a balance is actually the positive, right? It's like what's left over. You've paid the bills out of your revenue and the balance is the excess amount remaining, right? And thinking about how balance could actually be this surplus, how it could be what we have to rely upon. It could be our kind of insurance policy in those times when there might be less available to us immediately. So thinking that balance could have this positive connotation and can actually be a resource that we have available to us when we're feeling depleted, we know we have this reserve available. Thinking about balance as both mental and emotional steadiness. So we looked at the physical, right? So we saw the body for looking at our mind, body, spirit. We talked about the distribution of those. But thinking about the steadiness mentally and emotionally, and particularly in this time, we've seen 2020 has had so many ups, downs, all arounds, unexpected twists, turns. Every day, every moment, we're thinking, what next? What now? Really? Of course. And so noticing balance as that mental and emotional steadiness. So we've talked about distribution of weight, right? So we can stand evenly on the bus or on the beam. How about even distribution of thoughts and feelings and perhaps supportive spiritual practices? How are we evenly distributing that to allow us to feel balanced? And let's take a moment, particularly with thought. We've spent some time there in recent months and seeing what thoughts are we having, taking that full inventory and noticing if there is a balance because we know life is 50-50. There's good and there's bad. There's happy, there's sad. There's challenging and successful, you know, there's struggle with success. All of those different balance points available to us and seeing 
if we're aware of, taking inventory of, attuned to our thoughts, when they begin to get out of balance, when they're weighed down by one particular tone of thought, whether we see that as negative, angry, hostile, forlorn, disengaged, all those different ways, if those begin to take over the majority, right? And that might be in one day or over the course of a week or a month, if you're tracking your thoughts, noticing, man, I'm spending a whole lot more time here. Am I balanced in my thinking? And there's no right or wrong thought, but we can see when the tone starts to shift. And that can be a clue to us to cue in and take some time and reevaluate. Is this the effective way to think? Is this bringing me feelings that are moving me toward meaningful action? And if not, how can I take ownership and actually begin to rebalance these? Balance can also be a means of judging or deciding. Interestingly here, the example given is the balance of a free election. And so finding the ways to gather data and support yourself in making the decision. Considering what is it that makes me feel balanced? What is a time in my life where I can recall feeling pretty balanced, right? Not having to work for it, just thinking back and saying, wow, okay, I was doing all of these things pretty evenly. My time was distributed well. My emotions were balanced. I was physically balanced. I had spiritual practice in place. I spent some time at work and at home in a reasonable way. And notice what you were telling yourself in that time, right? I'm responsibly using my time. I'm dedicated to family and friends and work. Notice what it is that brought you to that feeling of balance. And see if now, if you're feeling perhaps not fully in balance, if that thought is available to you, if a similar thought is available to you, if you can begin to consider and believe right, that it's possible for you to achieve balance even in these kind of crazy and chaotic times. If it helps to go to when you felt the most off balance, that can be a way right, to kind of bring yourselves around rather than making the leap to fully balanced to take a moment and say, okay, when did I feel the least balanced? And maybe that's now and that's okay. And what does it feel like right, to feel off balance, to feel a kilter, to feel out of sorts, unsettled, uneasy? Describe it. See how it is in your body. Notice how it's showing up. See what you do in that space. And then backtrack and notice what thoughts am I having? Is it, it shouldn't be this way? I should know better. I should be doing this, right? Shoulds come up a lot to throw us off balance for sure. And take an honest inventory. See all those thoughts. Then notice, is there a significant distribution of negative thoughts here, of challenging thoughts, of thoughts about things should be other than that they are? And decide if that's helping you. Is that serving you? Can you work with that? And if yes, okay, you get to decide. If no, then decide what it is that you need, what it is that you seek, what it is you're willing to do, 
how you would like to feel and if the feeling you would like to have is balanced or balance, consider the thoughts that can bring you there. And notice, you can begin to even just shift your relationship to that word by remembering it can mean a surplus. It can mean I have reserve. It can be dynamic. It can mean offloading things from myself rather than adding to my task load, my chores, the laboriousness of it. This is actually enlightening, lifting, liberating. Balance doesn't have to be a burden. It doesn't have to be wishful thinking. It's possible to experience it and it requires us to be dynamic and make adjustments and acknowledge that it isn't a fixed state to which we arrive and remain, but it's a place where we can always be and it's holding us just as we can hold it in balance, right? We can be on the scale. We can be the thing balancing out the other side of the scale. We can be holding the multiple pieces in an even distribution. It is within us. It's how we're standing on the bus in order not to fall. It is around us in the way we engage with our external environment. We are balance. This is balance. We can be balanced. We're doing it right now. And you get to decide if that's where you want to remain. And if it is, that's okay. Balance for you may not look like balance for me. But we need to decide what it is for one another. Commit to it. And commit to it in that dynamic way. Right? We're not just going to do this thing that's gotten us balanced before and keep doing that. We're going to listen. We're going to be in our handstand and be making those micro adjustments of core strength and shoulder stability and pressing through the earth and engaging with the lower extremities. We're going to get that whole body involved and we're going to be thinking, I can do this. I know how to achieve balance. I'm willing to gain insight onto how to achieve balance in a new way in this new space in my life, in this new time in the world. We're going to continue along that trajectory and it's going to shift and change and it's supposed to. Nothing has gone wrong. And balance can be interrupted by a fall, by dropping a component, by reevaluating, but it isn't gone forever. And those aren't failures, although even if we view them as such, they're informative. So falling down from the hands and coming off the beam, bumping into someone on the bus in a time when we didn't have to maintain physical distancing doesn't have to be a problem. It can simply be informative and teach you the new way to stand, to hold things, to redistribute, to mentally construct and physically attune to the experience of being on the beam or upside down or in a staggered stance on public transport. All of those are available to you and you get to decide what balance looks like for you how you're contributing to balance in the relationships around you, how you support others in their quest for balance, knowing you can't control it, but you can be a contributor. Recognizing that balance truly is up to you 
and the thoughts that you choose about your life, about your experience, about the current state of affairs, about your engagement with others, it truly is up to you. And it's a feeling you can make available to you in any moment based on your thoughts about it, noticing that that's going to be a dynamic process that requires regular evaluation to decide and make those micro adjustments or macro adjustments when the time calls for it as needed. So take a moment this week and think about balance. Think about the time in your life when you were the most balanced, how that felt, what you did, what the results were, and then track back and notice what you were telling yourself to bring about that feeling. Take some time and notice when you felt the least balanced and the most off balance and run that same inventory. Okay, I was feeling off balance. I was feeling out of control. I was feeling out of alignment. This is what I did. And this, as a result, I created, and I get to decide if that's what I want to keep. And if it is, fantastic. It can still be informative. You can grow from there. If it isn't, then make the adjustments that you need. Get in touch with your thoughts and look for balance. Notice that you can decide that balance is that surplus, right? It's your excess. It's your net profit, right? After revenue and investments. Notice that balance and the seeking of balance doesn't have to add to your task list, but it can actually lighten your load when done correctly. And that there's no one right way. There's no singular combination of counterbalance weights on the opposite side of that scale, but an infinite possibility. And you get to keep changing them out and you get to decide. So share with me your story of balance. When it's worked, when it hasn't worked, what you're doing now, how you proceed moving forward. And if you haven't, take a moment to like, rate, and review this podcast to make it more widely available as we share in this journey together and support the health of all things. I appreciate your time, your thoughtfulness, your work on balance for yourselves and within the world around you. This is Dr. Millie Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.